breaking news from KXAN News. And breaking news, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who was facing the possibility of impeachment, just held a press conference to respond to the accusations he faces, calling the process a deceitful attempt. The House is set to vote on Paxton's impeachment tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m., following years of official complaints and legal issues surrounding the AG. Our Capitol correspondent, Ryan Chandler, is here to provide context and tell us what's next. He's at the Price Daniel Senior State Office building, where defiant Ken Paxton said none of the charges against him hold any merit. Ryan, we'll hand it over to you. Every politician who supports this deceitful impeachment attempt will inflict lasting damage on the credibility of the Texas House, which I served in. The articles of impeachment laid out on the House floor yesterday are completely meritless. The claims that have been made by the General Investigating Committee have been thoroughly researched and debunked time and time again. These allegations have been put to the voters time and time again. Okay, you're listening to sound that we heard earlier today on this developing story. Now we're digging deeper into the breaking news that we reported at four to you. A judge has declared a mistrial in the murder case of an Austin police officer, Christopher Taylor, who's currently on administrative leave with APD, shot and killed Mike Ramos during a police encounter in April 2020. Taylor's attorneys say the mistrial stems from challenges with jury selection. Cameras aren't allowed inside the courtroom during jury selection, but we observed attorneys asking jurors about their knowledge of this case as well as their feelings towards police officers and the district attorney's office. Other holdups stemmed from jurors' availabilities because the judge expects the trial to last three to four weeks. Now, when it comes to selecting the jury next time around, Taylor's attorneys say the court will summon three pools of 100 jurors. This week, attorneys question pools of 80 and 50. Both sides will meet next week to discuss future steps. And the Travis County District Attorney's Office just released a statement saying, quote, our hearts go out to the Ramos family who have to wait even longer for the trial of Christopher Taylor due to the release of Monday's jury panel because of a constitutional violation. The parties were not able to select a jury this week. The ju judge will reset the case to a future date and the state will be ready to try the case then. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. All right, clouds thickened up a little bit during what was a warm afternoon, but we're starting to see increasing sun again in Round Rock from our Little Sea Landscape Supplies camera there, where we're at 83 degrees after highs peaked to up near 90 today. You can see those clouds really shrinking from both the west and the east as we increase the sunshine to wrap up our afternoon and now, of course, heading into the evening. We expect the weather stays dry. The thickest of clouds right over Austin now, uh, but those two will be fading away here as we head through the next hour or so. Temperatures are mostly in the mid 80s now coming down from there. Early afternoon high closer to 90 and we expect it'll be a warm but not too warm of an evening for you. 84 and partly cloudy at 7 and then we'll turn briefly mostly clear here at 9 before a few clouds come back later on. Most of the late evening spent in the 70s. Coming up in first warning weather, we've got this mini dry stretch that continues into at least part of your holiday weekend. But Memorial Day, the rain is looking a little more likely. We'll show you what we're thinking as far as concerns there ahead of what looks to be a wet start to June. Nick, thank you so much. Tonight, there's an Amber Alert out for two children out of San Antonio. Police are looking for two-year-old Zyla and nine-year-old Camille. This is a photo of Camille. 
The two were last seen yesterday afternoon in San Antonio with the other person you're seeing on the screen, Julio Najar Trevino. Police say he's a suspect. They are believed to be in a gray 2008 Saturn Aura. License plate number is SWS6018. Well, just a couple of hours ago, the U.S. Treasury extended the potential debt default deadline from June 1st to June 5th. And while this update buys a little more time, negotiators are still tracing to find an agreement. NBC's Alice Barr has more. I'm going to work as hard as I can. As soon as we get a deal, we're going to get a deal, but it has to be worthy of the American people. House Republicans and the Biden administration have been trying to break the logjam over GOP demands for steep spending cuts. One key sticking point, a Republican push for stricter work requirements for people receiving government aid. Are you willing to drop that work requirements and they just Hell agree no. Hell no. Not a chance. The White House is pressing for a two-year budget and debt limit deal that would carry through the 2020 24 elections. Privately optimistic they can hold off conservatives angling for a shorter time frame. It's clear to me that President Biden is continuing to hold the line. Without an agreement, the U.S. could start running out of money to pay its bills as early as next Thursday. And any compromise still has to get through Congress, where it needs support from both parties to pass. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has promised his members they'll have 72 hours to review the deal before voting. Failing to pass it in time could put everything from Social Security benefits to military pay and retirement accounts at risk. Federal agencies like the Transportation Department bracing for the worst. That worst case scenario is terrible for every part of the American economy and every part of American life. Travel is no exception. A stark reminder of what's at stake as millions of Americans hit the road and skies this Memorial Day weekend. Well, as the governor considers bills related to fentanyl, we're going to meet one mother who took her grief and turned it into action. Packed airports and highways, what you should expect if you're traveling this weekend. A new decision from the U.S. Supreme Court could have major implications on the country's waterways. McRaquel Martin has a story. Environmentalists across the country are up in arms. It's catastrophic for the Clean Water Act. Thursday, the Supreme Court ruled the EPA can no longer regulate pollution in certain wetlands. Jim Murphy with the National Wildlife Federation says the decision will impact millions of Americans. Wetlands are very, very important in protecting a lot of people's drinking water. Uh, they're the kidneys of our water systems. They're the sponges of our water systems. There is no better natural system to protect you from flooding. It's a fact even conservative justice Brett Kavanaugh acknowledged while joining the three liberal justices in dissent. But the 5-4 decision strikes down the regulation and says only wetlands directly connected to a larger body of water are subject to the Clean Water Act. Great day for uh, rural America, great day for ag producers. Kansas Republican Congressman Tracy Mann calls the regulation unnecessary and costly. It's why in March, House Republicans voted to overturn new water rules from the Biden administration. The federal government should not have prerogative over farm ponds, drainage ditches, you know, very small bodies of water. But the White House is vowing to push back. President Biden uh, will use every legal authority available to him to ensure Americans in every state have clean water. Do you have any faith that they're going to be able to do that? I certainly think that they can try. It's really time for Congress to act and it needs to clarify the law. In Washington, Raquel Martin. 
Over 200 children are getting ready to face off in the Scripps National Spelling Bee next week. And guess what? Two of them are from Austin. 12-year-old Tarini Nanda Kumar and 14-year-old Shrethan Botla will head to D.C. to compete for the big prize. They'll compete against 231 kids from all over the U.S., Canada, the Bahamas, even Ghana. We spoke to Botla to hear how he's feeling going into the competition. Uh, I'm feeling really happy because I've never be, uh, been to an event this big international level. And also, this is my first and last time going to the competition. So I'm really nervous but excited at the same time. I think he's going to do great. <laughs> Preliminary rounds for the competition are set for Tuesday, and kids will compete all week until the finals next Friday. Good luck to both of them. All right, well, chances are you've never taken a flight quite like this one. The one passenger's actions that put others at risk. Check a poll here around the area. Mold and grass are up to medium. Ash and hickory are low, but we're still dealing with two pages of varieties of pollen. Oak, willow, and mulberry are low, but they're all on the way up. We'll show you when temperatures start to head closer to 90, and we'll also track some rain for your Memorial Day in first warning weather. With the end of Title 42, lawmakers are looking for ways to keep illegal immigration down. Our Monica Madden caught up with U.S. Representative Michael McCall about the troubles at the border. You know, are there any any ways we can further help this problem in the short term, considering that would probably be a long-term strategy? Well, dramatically, the migrant protection protocols uh, decreased uh, dramatically the numbers of people trying to cross in illegally. And the cartels knew that. They knew they know our laws and they exploit our laws. They exploit political asylum to get people inside the United States. I mean, what what is the path forward with this House Republican border bill likely dead in the Senate? Some of the asylum cooperation agreements, I, I'm trying to get the administration to see the light on this. I think many do at very high levels, and they would like to have a return to some of these policies, which I think would be, you know, very helpful. Um you know, I think uh, when I chaired Homeland, we got a lot of bipartisan border bills done. Border security is probably the easier part to this. I think immigration is always a more difficult, more, you know, dicey issue. It's hard to have true immigration reform, and I agree we need it. Uh, we, in many ways, have a broken immigration system, but it's hard politically to accomplish that when you're, you have a wide open border um, and you have so many people coming in illegally. So we got to get control over that. And then I think immigration reform should be done in a bipartisan way and, and could be, but we've got to get operational control of our border. The chief of border patrol says we do not have operational control. Who has control? The cartels. Governor Greg Abbott named fentanyl as one of his emergency items this legislative session, and now a number of bills related to dealing with that deadly opioid are headed to his desk. KXN's Will Dupree talked with one mother who turned heartbreak into action. What do you got? Some cookies. Oh. Stephanie Turner made a delivery to thank a lawmaker who helped carry through a bill named after her son, Tucker, who died in 2021 from a fentanyl overdose. When I describe Tucker, I say he's bigger than this earth, and he sure, he sure is, and he's continuing to be. The bill, called Tucker's Law, requires every school district in Texas to teach students each year about preventing fentanyl abuse and making them aware of its deadly effects. I know that if my 
son had this information when he was first offered a Xanax pill, he would be here today. The governor could now sign that legislation into law, along with another bill sponsored in the House by Representative James Tallarico. Our legislation is one step toward addressing those teen fentanyl overdoses. His bill directs districts to keep the opioid overdose medication Narcan on hand in case of emergencies. This, I think, is tangible action that we're taking to help address this crisis. A bill that went nowhere this session would have legalized fentanyl testing strips. It's something the Travis County judge hoped would gain some traction. Every Democrat, Republican that I have talked to that actually deals with this crisis on a local level is in favor of legalizing it because we're seeing how many people are dying of all ages, of all backgrounds. State lawmakers could take it up again two years from now, but in the meantime. This is a picture, a portrait of my son. Turner is thinking about the impact Tucker will make. I am grateful that his life, his name will save others, and I know that he would be proud to know that and to be a part of that and to help others. Will Dupree, KXAN News. And Stephanie Turner told us she is unsure when the governor might sign Tucker's law. If he does, the legislation would take effect September 1st. Going in depth, a number of other bills associated with fentanyl made their way to the governor's desk this legislative session. House Bill 6 is already on his desk, which would require that murder charges be brought in cases of fentanyl poisoning. Also on the governor's desk is House Bill 3144, which would designate October as Fentanyl Poisoning Awareness Month. Now, a measure to close the state's dead suspect loophole still also has a chance to make it to the governor's desk this session. The bill is moving forward despite hitting a holdup, and sources tell us that holdup was Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. KXAN's Josh Hinkle has been really looking into this for years now, and he's joining us live in studio to talk about this latest hurdle. Well, those sources say the bill had sat waiting most of this week with just days to go this session without any movement because Patrick was refusing to appoint his chamber's conference committee members to hammer out final details. We reached out to Patrick's office for comment but did not hear back. However, shortly after we published this news this afternoon, the Senate's conferees were appointed, paving the way for the final step before going to the governor. The bill has been a long time coming. It's the fourth session in a row a version of it has been filed, and many supporters thought it had a strong chance this session following the deadly Uvalde mass shooting. And Josh, for anyone who isn't familiar with the dead suspect loophole, can you get us up to speed. Yeah, it is an exemption in the state's Public Information Act giving police discretion to withhold records in cases where a suspect doesn't go through the court process. And our investigation has shown it's used by police across the state a lot. Now, police have been the biggest opponents to closing the loophole, right? That is right, but we're told from those sources close to the bill, the two chambers have actually come to an agreement to move forward in a way that addresses a lot of those concerns from law enforcement. Well, we know you'll keep us updated. Thank you very much for joining us, Josh. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. All right, sun trying to come back out again after turning briefly mostly cloudy here during the afternoon. This is how it looks from southeast Austin. The Whittlesea Landscape Supplies camera there looking at a hazy view of Austin right now. But you'll actually see more sun as we head toward the early evening hours before the sun sets after 8 o'clock here tonight. Not a lot of storminess happening even to our west. A few isolated storms, sure, but nothing widespread. Nothing that we're expecting to come here just yet. But this upper level low 
uh, say near Las Vegas right now is going to help pull in more moisture into central Texas through the weekend, and that will increase rain chances slowly at first, but then much more so by Memorial Day. Let me take you into the holiday weekend here. A partly cloudy to mostly clear sky tonight. Tomorrow, sunshine mixing with scattered clouds from time to time. Rain chances tomorrow are less than 10%. They're not zero, but they're pretty low. Maybe a couple of spotty sprinkles here and there uh, during the afternoon, but that would be about it. Then we get into your Saturday night. We're back to dry again, a partly cloudy sky. Our rain chances on Sunday are slightly higher than Saturday, but they're still pretty low. Sunshine at first giving way to building clouds during the day, and then we'll call it a 10% rain chance during the afternoon and early evening. A spotty storm, a spotty shower, still nothing worth canceling plans over here for the first two days of your three-day weekend. Partly cloudy tonight, down to 67 and dry and then here are the first two of threes of the three-day weekend 89 saturday sun and clouds warm and dry and then there's your isolated storm and shower chance here on sunday but what about memorial day well rain chances do go up for memorial day we've now increased it to 50 percent coverage of rain and storms on monday some of those showers could begin as early as Monday morning, but I think the coverage and intensity goes up as we head into Monday afternoon and evening. It is not going to be raining at every moment of the day here on your Memorial Day, but I do want you to maybe think about having an indoor alternative ready to go in case storms and showers come in and try to interfere with those outdoor plans. Some leftover rain into your Tuesday morning, but drier weather looks to develop as we head uh, into the second half of your Tuesday. But an early heads up, here, a first warning about the potential for flash flooding on Memorial Day Monday. We're at a one out of four flash flooding risk on Monday and Tuesday for that matter. How much rain are we looking at? Well, initial estimates are not particularly high, quarter inch to an inch for most of us. But as is often the case with storms this time of year, we can get localized higher amounts than that, say two, three inches in some spots possible. Monday and Tuesday, the highest chances of rain over the next week. Then we temporarily dry out and cool off, by the way, down to 82 on Tuesday, 86 Wednesday. And then by Thursday, rain chances creep up to 10% with a high of 90. That rain chance goes to 20% by Friday with a high of 88. And then beyond the seven day, we're looking a little wetter than normal as we head into the first few days there of June from the 3rd through the 9th. Odds are increasing on more rain and storms back to Central Texas. We'll be right back. The Memorial Day travel rush is well underway and shaping up to be one of the busiest in decades. Now it is the unofficial start of summer and according to AAA more than 40 million people are expected to take to the skies and the highways for the long weekend. In fact, there are more than 50,000 flights scheduled for today alone, and the highways will be packed as well, with vehicle travel rising to just over 37 million. That's an increase of 2 million from last year. Well, a really scary flight for some passengers already on this busy travel weekend. An Asiana Airlines plane landed safely in South Korea after a passenger opened the door of the plane mid-flight. It happened today. The plane was two or three minutes from landing when a passenger sitting next to the emergency door opened it about 656 feet above the ground. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but nine people were transferred to the hospital after suffering breathing issues. Authorities have detained that passenger. No word on motive.
Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you. 